Hello everyone and welcome to Words from Abba, a place where we look to reveal the Father's heart so that you may be confident in who he is and what he has to say to and about you. I am your host Melissa Turnbull but you can call me Mel for short. If you haven't already, please feel free to like and follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Our handle is at words from ABBA, all one word and all small caps. And make sure to have a look at our website, which is www.wordsfromabba.wixsite.com forward slash home. Thank you for joining us today and I hope you're blessed by today's episode. Hey everybody, welcome back, welcome back. <laughs> Oh my god, I just literally smacked my lips. That's what it means when they say smack your lips is going. <laughs> but we're back. We're back with another episode of Words from Abba. And what I want to talk to you about, as I have titled this, is that I'm not fake. I evolve. <laughs> I'm not fake. I evolve. I feel like as a society particularly for us as christians i think this message is 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 directed to everybody whether you're a believer of christ or not whatever religion you follow i think this is related to you we need to stop cancel culture because somebody has changed their point of view and start calling people you're fake you don't believe this because 15 years ago you said this and so We need to stop that. We need to stop that. Why? Because as people, we are designed to grow. We are designed to mature. Ooh, mature, mature. We are designed to evolve. And that's why I said, I ain't fake. I just evolved. And the thing is, why I say that you evolve, the things that inform your opinions or the things that cause you to have a certain frame of mind, they're going to change as you experience life, right? That's why I've got a problem with this thing that's kind of there. Maybe not necessarily, I don't know. I think it's kind of there with, when, well, when I was a teenager, I probably had it, had it. And it's probably something that people will grow out of. But I do have an issue with this, where you think that there's nothing that you can learn from the older generation, simply because you are, you've, got, you've got more access to information now. The days that we live in now, our access to information, there's never been a time in this entire world where people had as much access to information as we have right now. But access to information does not equal wisdom. Access to information does not equal knowledge. Access to information or knowing just because you know something, it doesn't mean you've got knowledge. It's now where where knowledge and wisdom now start coming into play. It's in how you apply and how you effectively utilize the information that you hold. Just because I know that a knife cuts, it doesn't mean that I've got the wisdom to understand how a knife cuts. It doesn't mean I've got, I I know what it means to cut. If, If that's just as an example as I'm giving. And so this idea that people have that you need to crucify people over an opinion that they held 30 years ago, that needs to stop, especially for us here in Christian circles. 
there's things that I said when I was a teenager that I'm like, flip man, I was wilding out back in back then. Why? Because one, at that time, I didn't even know God. I, I wasn't, I was, I didn't have a relationship with God. I was a Christian in that I went to church and I knew about God, but I didn't know that I could have a relationship with him in the way that I have the same, in the way that I have a relationship with my friends, in the way that I have a relationship with my husband. I didn't know that he could speak to me in a way that I could understand. I was not a Christian. I was a child and I was doing childish things. And so there were certain opinions that I held back then that have now changed. Similarly, there's even opinions that I might, I might hold. I, I probably held at the beginning of the year that I no longer hold. Why? Because certain things now, um, certain things now, um, influence my frame of mind. You're constantly getting information coming into you. You're constant. You're through your experiences, the experience that other people experience through, um, the things you're exposed to, right? And those things are going to push you to form an opinion either way, right? And as a person, I cannot determine whether my opinion is right or wrong. And I cannot allow another human being to determine whether my opinion is right or wrong. Why? Because as humans, you evolve your dynamic. The opinion that you hold now might not be the same opinion that you're going to have 10 years. And so now in order for me to determine what is good and what is right, what is right, what's wrong, what's good, what, what's good, what's bad. I need something that is constant. That's not going to be influenced by experiences that's not going to be let me say it this way right as people or as a human being your frame of mind is only limited to what you've been exposed to like i said your the, your framework if i can put it that way the things that make you who you are is only limited to whatever you've been exposed to if you've never been exposed to it it's not going to influence you let's say for example me right now i have never driven in a ferrari i've seen ferraris around and i've heard them but in my head i literally i'm like i cannot justify why somebody can pay $300,000 to drive in a car and it's going to lose value but maybe if I get to ride in a Ferrari, that might change. I'm like, ooh, okay, I get it. I get it. I understand. Let me, okay, let me, let me, let me give you a, a simpler example. Dishwasher. So growing up in the houses where we lived, there were no dishwashers. Me and my sister were the dishwashers. <laughs> growing up in an African household chick. We were the dishwashers, right? And so I always thought that dishwashers would be a waste of money. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, well, why would I? I can just wash the dishes myself. Why would I do that? Why would I waste money getting a dishwasher? Why would I waste money? And listen, listen to my thought. Why would I waste money using the dishwasher? That's going to bring my electricity up, et cetera, et cetera. And then we moved into a house that had a dishwasher. And for the first maybe month, two months, three months, never used it. I was like, it's going to wait. It's going to cause my, um, it's going to cause my electric, electric bill to go high. It's going to do this. It's going to do that. But then <laughs> I used that dishwasher one time when I was tired and I was like, you know what? This is not too bad. <laughs> I was like, this, this ain't too bad. Like, especially after if we've hosted friends and I've made maybe like, a lot of food and 
a lot of people have come and eaten. Then I'm like, oh, don't worry about the dishes. We'll just chuck them in the dishwasher. So then I changed. I was like, um, we can use it once in a while. It's all right. And then I started checking to see how much does it affect my electric bill. And I was like, oh, it's only a couple of dollars. That's not too bad. And we stopped using it once in a while. And we started to use, I now use my dishwasher almost every day. If I've got like one or two dishes that I can just do, I just do them. But if I'm going, if I know that I've cooked a meal, me and my husband have eaten, there's a lot of dishes. Or if I'm lazy to do the dishes as I'm going along, I'll just load them in the dishwasher and put it on before the night. And when I wake up in the morning, just put the stuff away. To the point where I said to my husband, in every house that we're going to live from now on, a dishwasher is no longer a luxury. It's now a necessity. Come on. Now, do you see how my experience now changed my frame of mind? It now, it now changed the way that I think towards something as simple as a dishwasher. Even something like a washing machine. You know, when living, when we lived in Zimbabwe, we didn't have a washing machine. We, well, we, we, so you would have to wash your, your clothes by yourself. And then when we came, when, it, when we came to New Zealand, mom and dad had a washing machine. So we'd just chuck everything in the washing machine. But then when I moved out, I didn't have a washing machine. So I had to hand wash everything. Right. But then I realized like, nah, man, don't like this. Well, I want a washing machine. So I just now, so we bought, I bought like a second hand washing machine, which I used and it did the job, but it always left like my clothes a bit dirty. So I would have to rewash them again. But then when now me and my husband were moving again and we now had a bit more money, we were like the, the a washing machine was now a necessity. So do you see how, if, if you've never been exposed to something, you always think that investing in that thing is a waste. Why? Because you haven't been exposed to it. But when you, when you now, when you are exposed to it and you've got, and you know that you've got the means to be able to get it, it stops being a luxury and starts being a necessity. Similarly with the thoughts that people have, it's important to understand that people grow. Okay. And even as, as Christians in our walk, the Lord tells us to come as we are, but he doesn't expect us to stay as we are. Right. You might have, when, when you first became a Christian, you might have believed that eating pork, pork is wrong, completely wrong, not going to eat pork. Or you might have believed it's right. But then as you're going along, the Lord might tell you and say, actually, I want you to stop eating pork. Why? Because it's not good for your health. It's affecting A, B, C, D, F, U, so you need to stop. Now your, your, your mindset towards eating pork has been changed. Because maybe you've been finding that you're getting sick 24-7. Like, if I can give an example, like somebody somebody in my family, I won't mention who, but we know that they don't eat pork. But they don't force that on all of us. They're like, you know, you guys eat what you want. Just know that if you're eating pork, I, I don't, I don't, I don't want to eat it because the Lord has told me not to. And so we know that if we're going to cook, we're going to cook something different for them. And I think similarly, even for us as Christians, sometimes... Should I say this? I'm going to say this because I said this um, on when we were having the catch up um, at church. And it's that sometimes as Christians, you are crucifying non-Christians for having non-Christian beliefs. You are not understanding why people who don't believe in Christ don't believe in the principles that Christ has set. And then you're, you're crucifying them for that. And that's not right. That's not okay. Because as a Christian, 
how you relate to Christians and how you relate to non-Christians is very different. Let me explain why. For a non-Christian, the first thing that you need to speak about, the first thing that you need to be talking about, what you need to be reciting is the fact that the Lord loves them just as they are, because that is the truth. John 3 verse 16 speaks about God loving the world so much that he gave his only begotten son to die. It says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Right? God so loved the world. This is the same world that God says to Christians, to believers in Christ, that you can be in the world, but not of the world. You can live in it, but don't live by its principles, right? Because despite its principles, the Lord still loves the world. And yet now, what we sort of do as as Christians, we crucify, we're, we're not giving people the good news. You are supposed to spread the good news to non-believers. And once they come in, then you begin to tell them this, this is the good news, but, and this is the good news, not but, and understand that the good, once you're, you're now in here, there's even greater news. The greater news is you don't have to live a life being a slave to sin. There is power. God has given you the power through the Holy Spirit to put to death the works of the flesh, Right. But then you're telling people who are not believers in Christ that you need to be putting to death the works of the flesh. They don't have the ability to put to death the works of the flesh. Why? And it comes from a place of understanding. Ooh, Jesus. Are we going to talk about this in this episode? Nah, we're not, nope. We're not going to talk about this in this episode. We're going to talk about this in the next episode. Yeah, I think I'm going into... Yeah, no, I, I'm going to stop talking about that here because what I'm talking about, I want to talk about in the next episode. But like I said, I'm not fake. I've just evolved. And that's okay. As a child of God, and as even not as a child of God, as a person, you're supposed to mature. Your, your thinking is supposed to change. And I think that's why I love being a mom. Do you know, right now, the amount of growth that I'm seeing in my son astounds me. It, 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 it amazes me. It's awesome. And when I say it's awesome, is that it inspires all in me. To look at my little person, and just seeing how he now understands at the tender age of his of almost 10 months now. And I was saying to my husband this morning, I was like, you know, your boy, your, your boy, <laughs> your boy now understands when he's being naughty. And you can see he knows it because of the face he gives you. He gives you this little like, like sheepish look when he knows he's doing something that he's not supposed to be doing. He doesn't understand yet that he can do it quietly and nobody knows he just goes and do it and when you call him he now knows that depending on how mom has called my name she's not impressed and i realized actually this morning that when i point the f- a finger at him and i'm like nathan and i look at him he stops and he knows Oop, i'm doing what i'm not supposed to be doing and then i redirect him now if he keeps doing that at the age of five then we're going to have a problem even let's say at the age of two when he now starts testing the boundaries of how far can he take them, then we're going to have to adjust. But you can see that even as a baby, he's evolving, right? He now knows how to communicate even better. He now knows 
before he he when he before when he was still younger he needed me for everything he needed me to feed him he needed me to to clothe him he needed me to change his diaper he needed me to be able to go to sleep he needed me for absolutely everything right but now at 10 months he doesn't need me as much for food why because i can just make a bottle for him put it put it on the floor and he knows how to pick it up and drink it for himself all i need to do is make sure that i provide the food even when it's eating solids he no longer needs me to to spoon feed feed him well we've never we did baby led winning so he quickly learned how to feed himself but sometimes like for example yes with my husband yesterday we were having burgers for dinner and I, I, I had made like a little stir fry for him. Oh, my husband actually made the stir fry for him. I just took down his um, high chair and I made it into a booster seat, sat on the floor and I made sure that it was its back was on the couch so he couldn't like flip over. And I just put his food on his tray. And me and my husband were busy eating and he was taking his time, but he was eating his food slowly. He didn't need my help until towards the end when I was like, okay, it's almost time for your, for your, for your, for your um, night, night bath. So let me feed you just so you can, we can finish a bit quicker. But if I started him eating a bit earlier, he would have finished that food by himself. So he no longer needs me as much as he did. Right? He's evolved. Did anybody tell him to evolve? No, nobody did that. But as a child, there's something innate in him that tells him that you need to learn how to do certain things. Right now, he's now learned how to crawl. Like before, for the longest time, I think he started doing an army crawl at about six months. So for about, so, uh, yeah, six, seven months. No, about, it, will, it will be about seven and a half, eight months-ish, actually, yeah. Because it was around the time he started kindy. So he was doing this army crawl. And then all of a sudden he learned that, wait a minute, I don't have to army crawl. I can do a proper crawl, which is much faster. So now he knows how to do that. He evolved. Right? So now I can't be say to him, Nathan, you're so fake. You always knew how to do the normal crawl, but you just army crawled just because you're fake. No, he didn't know how to do it. And similarly, child of God, I want you to know that it's okay for you to change your mind. You are not God. God is the only one who, who, who doesn't repent. The only one, the word of God tells us that you're not a man that you should lie, nor the son of man that you should change your mind. All right. There's certain things that God would, will never change his mind about. When it comes to things like holiness, when it comes, there's certain things that like I said, he's, he's not a man that he should change his mind. And we need to kind of understand, oh, that's a beautiful bird. Sorry. Sorry, side note. Um, since I'm bummed, ooh, there's multiple. I, I wish I could take a photo, but if I try to take a photo right now, like my I don't think I would need to be closer. There's these birds that have co recently come into our neighborhood and they are absolutely gorgeous. And I think it's like probably a pair where they've mated their mates. There's two of them and they are massive. They're so big, but they're so gorgeous. So they just popped up um, on the window and I can see them outside. And they just look so beautiful. But anyway, I digress. As I was saying, the reason why God does not need to change it, he's not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should change his mind, is because God knows absolutely everything. God knows the beginning, the middle, and the end. He knows the end, the middle, and the beginning. He knows the start from the finish. He knows the finish from the start. He knows everything. The things that inform God's mind is everything. 
He is omniscient. He is omniscient. He knows everything. And for us as humans, as the human race, we are not omniscient. We don't know everything. Like I said, we only know as much as we have been exposed to. That's why I think there was a time where, I can't remember when this was. This is probably maybe three years ago. And there was this preacher who was being crucified. And he was being cancelled left, right and centre by the Christian. Sorry everyone, so my sister called and that cut my recording short. (laughs) But anyway, I was talking about how there was this preacher who was being cancelled left, right and centre because he said something that seemed racist. But I, I genuinely can't remember what he said. But he said something that was not very PC. I genuinely, I wish I could remember what he said. I'm sure if I, if I had the energy, I'd go and search and find it, but don't have the energy for that. (laughs) But anyway, this guy was probably in his late seventies and as much as everybody was like up in arms about what he said, I wasn't so much up and I was like, well, what he said is wrong. But to be honest, I'm going to give him a little bit of leeway simply because of the time that he grew up. Black people only started coming to New Zealand, I would say, probably in the last... If, if I said in the last 20 years, I feel like that might be... Oh, let's say maybe in the last 20, 30, 40, maybe 50 years. Maybe. That's pushing it. And I'm talking about black people. You know? Oh, do I want to say that? No, I don't want to say that. No, I don't. Let me Let me rephrase my sentence. Let me rephrase my sentence. This man probably grew up during a time when things like apartheid and segregation were the norm that that's what was expected and that's what was okay that is not to say that that was okay okay so i'm not saying that that was right or that was okay but i'm saying that's what was the norm for that time and to be honest those times are not too long ago it was within my 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 parents lifetimes if you think about it like when my dad was born in 1969 Apartheid was still a thing in South Africa. It's only been, if you think about it, Nelson Mandela, I think, when did this? Let me go do do a Google search while I'm on the phone. When did Nelson Mandela leave Robben Island? When was he freed? I think it was 94 or 1990. Yeah, so 1990. So if you were born, and it was the February 11th, 1990, when there was that end to apartheid, so to speak. And even now, you know, there's still apartheid. It's just not as institutional as it was back then. Like, the, the, you, you can still, not, not that there's still apartheid, but you can still see the consequences of apartheid still there. And even segregation, and and I'm thinking particularly in America, you can still see the consequences of that, especially when you think of terms like gentrification and even terms like the ghetto, you know, all those things are a consequence of racism and separation and division. And so this is the environment that this man grew up in and as the norm. And so whatever he said, I was like, oh, when I looked at the sentence, I was like, 
it's got connotations of racism, but I don't think it's a racist sentence. And I realized that I, I was, I had a bit more grace for him as a black person hearing whatever he said. I can't remember. Like, I want you to see how in, insignificant I thought in that offer, in that I, I, at the time, I remember thinking what he said. I was like, it's actually not problematic for me. But I remember saying to my sister, if somebody who is my age and I'm almost 30, if somebody who is, I'd probably say 40, I would even maybe push that to 50 years or younger said that exact same sentence or said that exact same thought, I would have a problem with it. Why? Because you know better. You are exposed to a lot more information. You are you're exposed to a lot more diversity that you cannot be saying such things. That's why for me personally, I have a problem. I might be a bit more forgiving if an old white white lady comes to me and says, oh, and t- tries to touch my hair. I'm a little bit more forgiving. I, 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 don't, I won't like it. And I will say that I don't like that. Please don't do that to me. And they'll be like, oh, but why? It looks so soft. And I'm like, I'm not a petting zoo. I am not a sheep at a petting zoo that you can just be going and touching. There's such a thing as personal space. Don't blow my personal bubble. But so in that instance, I take a stance of educate, Right. And if I've educated you, and I actually have a situation where that happened to me somewhere, where somebody just used to like to touch my hair and I ended up having a conversation with them and I was like, I actually don't like it when you do that because it just makes me feel uncomfortable. How come you don't do it to everybody else? You know, and ever since then, this person, they don't do it. Like, and it's quite interesting. And I love that they don't do it anymore. They'll come and they'll be like, Melissa, I have to be honest. I really want to, but I know you don't like it. So I'm not going to, it's just, it's so different. I've never seen anything like it. And she's like, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to do it, do it. Cause I know you don't like it. And I'm like, thank you for that. And this is somebody who is much older. So I understand that. But if somebody who is younger comes and be touching up in my hair, you best believe, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but if somebody who is younger does come and touch my hair like that, we're going to have a bit of a problem. And I'm not going to be as gracious because you know better. You know better, especially things like braids. Braids are no longer a thing anymore. Like I've seen so many Caucasian people getting braids that braids are normal. You can't be like, oh my gosh, your braids. Wigs are normal now you can't be surprised that one one day my hair is 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 so short and the next day it's so long and be like how did you do that like i'm like no you know better right which is why i said just because you've got information it doesn't mean you've got wisdom right wisdom and knowledge are not it doesn't it's not just the possession of information it's how you utilize that information and so with everything that sort of forms your opinion and everything that you get exposed to it begins to change how you think even for me as a even for us as christians you paul speaks about it and he says when i was younger i thought as a child and i did childish things but then there came a time where i had to let childish things go let me just see if I can open that scripture. It's in First Corinthians. I just did a quick Google search to see where it is. I don't know if you can hear the flip, flip, flip of my Bible, but we're flipping it. First Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 11. And what was Paul, Paul talking about before then, actually? Is that, was he talking about love? Was he talking about love? Yes, he was talking about love. Oh, interesting. Oh, 
my gosh. Do you know what? Sorry, I'm getting excited. Sorry to the people who are listening in the, with the earphones. But this ties so perfectly to what I was talking about. I didn't have a verse when I wanted to talk about this. But do you see how the Holy Spirit works? So Paul here, he's been speaking about love and everything else. He's speaking about the gift of prophecy. And I'll read from verse as It says, prophecy and speaking in unknown languages and special knowledge will become useless. But love will last forever. So this is 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 8 in the New Living Translation. Verse 9 says, now our knowledge is partial and incomplete and even the gift of prophecy reveals only part of the whole picture but when the time of perfection comes these partial things will become useless when i was a child i spoke and thought and reasoned as a child but when i grew up i put away childish things now we see things imperfectly like puzzling reflections in a mirror but then we will see everything with perfect clarity all that i know now is partial and incomplete but then i will know everything completely just as god now knows me completely Mm. <coughs> do you see there what paul was talking about he's first on at the beginning he talks about how our knowledge is partial and incomplete and even the gift of prophecy revealed only part of the whole picture and then he goes to say that when i was a child i thought as a child i reasoned as a child because my frame of mind was influenced by the things that i was experienced that i was exposed to as a child and the 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 the, the processing capacity of a child but then when i grew up and when i beget, became a man i had to put away childish things behind so what's paul saying paul is basically saying i had to evolve i couldn't keep messing up my pants and pooping in a diaper when I was when I became a man, unless if you've got a health condition that says that that sort of dictates that you have to do that. But if you're a person who doesn't have any health conditions and you're constantly just doing yourself and you're expecting somebody else to change you, that's nasty. If and again, like I said, if you're somebody who's not suffering from a health condition and you just do it because I don't know why you do it. That's that's do you, so do you get what I mean that I'm the why when I say that it's your experiences that form your frame of mind it's your f- f- experiences that inform your opinions I'm just going to go to that first Corinthians verse I'm interested to see um what it says in the amplified version um and verse 8 okay first 8 it says this it says for we know first 9 sorry for we know in part and we prophesy in part for our knowledge is fragmentary and incomplete but when that which is complete and perfect comes that which is incomplete and partial will pass away when i was a child i talked like a child i thought like a child i reasoned like a child when i became a man i did away with childish things so what is he saying he's saying that i evolved the thoughts that he had as a child they had to stop and deny had to start thinking like a man the way that he talked as a child it had to stop and now he had to start talking like a man the way that he reasoned as a child it had to stop and now he had to start reasoning as a man he said for now in this time of imperfection we see in the mirror dimly a blurred reflection and a riddle an enigma but then when the time of perfection comes we will see reality face to face now i know in part just in fragments but then i will know fully just as i have been fully known by god and now these three remain faith abiding trust in god and his promises hope Confident expectation of eternal salvation and love, which is unselfish love for others, growing out of God's love for me. These three choicest graces 
but the greatest of these is love an unselfish love for others growing out of God's love for me and so that's why I say that I am not fake I evolve and so child of God or a person even if you're a person who doesn't believe in God if you're agnostic if you're atheist if you're a different religion just because I'm saying something now and I'm believing a thought right now I'm not going to tie myself down and say that I'm always going to think like that in 20 years time I'm going to live, life is going to happen. Experiences are going to change my framework. I am going to gain people. I'm going to lose people. I'm going to go through so many ups and downs. And with each up and down, it's either going to solidify a resolve that I already have, or it's going to amend it, or it's going to completely remove it. And that is okay. For me as a child of God, the thing that I'm constantly trying to do is to be more Christ-like. And I actually want to read a verse in Second Corinthians that Paul said again to the Corinthian church. It's Second Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. So Paul says this. He says, um, Okay, I'm, I want to read it in a different version. I'm, the New Living Translation is not bringing it the way that I, 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 I'm, I'm hearing the Holy Spirit say to me in my head. I'll read it in the NIV, I think. So in a, in uh, let's see in the NIV, what does it say? It says, And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is spirit. Oh, yeah, there we go. Here we go. Here we go. It's the New King James Version. Let me go open my Bible. That's the one I want. Second Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. In the, oh, let's see in the, oh, yeah, let me read it in the Amplified Version. It says, and we all with unveiled face, face continually seeing as in a mirror the glory of the Lord are progressively being transformed into his image from one degree of glory to even more glory which comes from the Lord who is the spirit so do you see this says, and we all with unveiled face that means that there's nothing hidden I am who I am but you're being transformed continually into the image that you're seeing which is the glory of God so that's why I say that even the opinions that I hold right now with as much conviction as I, as I hold them, if the Holy Spirit brings a new thing and is like, actually, Melissa, that's wrong. I'm a, I'm a pop up on this platform and I'm going to be say, Hey guys, sorry, I have to repent. There's something new that I've learned. It's kind of how I think I spoke about how before I used to be of the, you can't just be a church bench woman. Or how I, well, let me not talk about that one. I think I've talked about enough. But like what I spoke about, I, I think in the last episode or maybe this episode, I can't remember. But that whole idea of, oh yeah, yeah, that God uses you for other people. That that idea for me has now changed in that I'm like, God, the primary goal is not that you're not using for me or for other people. It's because you want to be close to me. That's a, that's, that's, that's a, that's a, a mind that was changed for me. And it was changed within this year. And so, child of God, just because your, your, your mind has changed, that's okay. Like I said, you're not God. You're man. And you see things in fragments. You see things partially. You see things incompletely. And as the picture is being put together, you begin to form a greater picture. 
you begin to understand more and more what something is. Do you know you could describe a house to somebody or a car to someone? For somebody who's never seen a car, they will have no idea what you're talking about. But for somebody who has seen a car, they will understand what you're talking about. Why? Because the, what they've been exposed to influences their perspective. And so today I just wanted to encourage all of us and just say, you're not fake. You simply evolve. And that's what you're designed to do. And so until next episode, I pray that you all have an amazing week. And we will, I'll, I'll be back again. Be blessed. Bye. You may be listening right now. And in your heart of hearts, you know your relationship with God is not where it should be. You've fallen away somehow, simply because of life. Or it may be the case that you've never had a relationship with the Father. And as you listen to our podcasts, you're feeling a tugging in your heart. And you would like to have a deep and intimate relationship with God. If any of these scenarios apply to you, I invite you to say this prayer after me. Father in heaven, I thank you. I thank you for loving me. Thank you for calling me to be in a loving relationship with you. I confess that I am a sinner and I cannot save myself. I thank you, Father, that you sent your one and only Son to die for me so that I can be saved. Jesus Christ, I believe that you are the Son of God and that you died and rose again for me. I turn away from my sins and invite you into my heart as my personal Lord and Savior. I commit my life to you and I ask you to send the Holy Spirit into my life to guide me and help me do your will. Thank you for your love and your grace that has saved me. It's in the mighty name of Jesus Christ that I pray. Amen. If you said that prayer and you believed it in your heart, I want to welcome you to the family of God. The word of God in Romans chapter 10 verses 9 to 10 says that if you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God and it is by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. Congratulations on deciding to walk with God. I can tell you from experience that it's such an exciting journey to traverse through life with him and that there's so much rejoicing in heaven right now over the decision you've made. I really encourage you to buy a Bible or download the Bible app on your phone and just start to read the Bible every day, even if it's a verse a day, just so you can learn to hear the voice of God and that your faith may be increased. I also encourage you to join a local Bible-believing church so that you can fellowship with other Christians and make sure to tell somebody of the decision that you've made. I would also absolutely love it if you reached out to us on Instagram or on Facebook or even send us a voice message on anchor.fm to tell us of your decision to follow Christ. We would absolutely love to walk this journey with you and to connect with you and to grow with you as we travel this life together as children of God. Once again, I want to say thank you for joining us here on Words from Abba. And remember that this is a place where we look to reveal the Father's heart so that you may be confident in who he is and what he has to say to and about you. 
We'll see you again in the next episode. Thank you.